What Not the Podcast, Lent up early. It's Saturday, April 9th, year of our Lord, 2022, right on the cusp of Holy Week. Palm Sunday's tomorrow. God be praised uh, for that. Here's a little devotion on sin and slavery, some stuff we were talking about yesterday, expanding on that, and a question about why John uh, didn't record the words of institution. Um, So, great question. Here you go. Here's a quick, in fact, two quick devotional thoughts. Uh, First on Palm Sunday, uh, I was thinking about this last year. It's often said that in the Matthew account, when it talks about how Jesus is on a on a donkey and a colt, the foal of a beast of burden, and people say, "How was Jesus riding on two animals?" And the atheists mock the foolishness of the scripture. Well, the answer is I don't know, but it's not hard to imagine. For example, it's not hard to imagine Jesus riding side saddle, which I think probably most royal entries would involve. It's also not hard then to imagine that the colt is tied up next to the mother and Jesus is using it as his footstool, like a throne, a mobile throne that he's riding in. So uh, if you hear that mockery this week, then you can stretch your imagination. It could be the other way too, riding on the foal and back on the donkey, but I don't think that'd be, I think you'd be on the donkey with your feet resting on the foal. Uh, The other thing is I was looking for last couple of days, I remembered I'd made a list of um, Bible passages that connect sin and slavery. And I found it in my, in my notes. I was looking in desire and lost and slavery and death. I should have just looked under the sin section. Um, it's interesting to me that this note, I, I made it on August the 7th, 2020, which was like two months after I got COVID, but I could, I could still see how sloppy my writing is. It, I was still trying to get my coordination back. But I made a list of one, two, three, four verses that connect sin and slavery. And I, I want to be able to say, and th- these are the verses that help, that to serve your own desires is to live on the way to death. It's to be on the path of destruction. So we can see someone who thinks that they're free. Again, we talked about this even yesterday, imagining the person who um, is locked themselves in prison but thinks that they're free. We can, we can say to the person who thinks that they're free, but they're in bondage to sin because they're chasing after your own lust. You're on the road to destruction. So here's the first verse, John 8, verse 34. Whoever commits sin is a slave, doulos, of sin. The next two are from Romans 6, verse 16 and 20. Uh, First, verse 16. To whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that, that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. So slavery to sin leads to death. And then four verses later, verse 20, when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. And then the last verse, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, while they promised themselves liberty, 
they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. So St. Peter says they, they promise themselves liberty, but truly they make themselves slaves of, and it's a fascinating word, corruption. That word comes up in the church fathers especially as the, that, that, the corrosive nature of sin, how this world is falling apart, that, that uh, corruption. It's like spiritual but physical rust. The, the, dissolve, the, the dissolving character of this world is from the fall, and you become slaves uh, to that. It's fascinating. So here's these uh, four verses, and there's more. If you can think of more, please let me know. I'm going to be digging around for more as well. So th- this, this most obvious thing that should be obvious to us, but we've lost sight of. But, I mean, the Scriptures are always putting it in front of us. God be praised for the, the Holy Scriptures. That this that that there is the promise of liberty, but that's a false promise. And the way of chasing after your own desires is the way of slavery. Here's a cool question from Paul who asks, is there any indication as to why John's gospel doesn't contain the words of institution? In his five chapters on the Last Supper, John 13 to 17, I know that his gospel is a theological treatise on Christ's divinity and that in it's in the other three gospels, but that seems a rather important thing to omit. Uh, thank you, Paul. Great question. Um, I don't know if we can give a definitive answer to the question, but it's good to remember that John's gospel, and this would be like Eusebius's church history gives us some of these insights, that John's gospel came last and as a supplement to the other gospels. I had a couple of professors who preferred an early dating of John, putting John as one of the earliest gospels. I just, myself, I can't get there because this idea that John was almost compelled to write gospel, he was the last uh, apostle to be alive after the other ones were died. He was serving as bishop there in Ephesus after coming back from exile in Patmos. And the church was um, asking him to write, write, write uh, a gospel. And so he writes a gospel to address a number of things that were mm, to fill in the blanks. So most of the material in John is material not covered in the other gospels. Now that means that uh, so, so, for example, uh, we're coming up on Holy Week. We have the seven last words of Jesus. Uh, you know, Matthew and Mark only give us one word of Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, Luke gives us three. John gives us three more. It's finished. I thirst. Woman, behold your son. Um, J- John, uh, he he fills out the, the meanings of the miracles. So uh, th- it, when you notice that John gives a miracle that are in, that's also in the other three Gospels, you really pay attention, like the feeding of the 5,000. That I think the feeding of the 5,000 and the resurrection might be the only two miracles that are in all four Gospels. Someone correct me on that. I, I would really love to be um, corrected and to know a little bit more about that. But, but John gives the feeding of the 5,000, but then he follows up with the bread of life discourse in John chapter 6 to unfold what Jesus is teaching through the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 
and what he's indicating about his own person and the connection of the incarnation and the, the manna that comes down from heaven. It's beautiful stuff. Um, John is the one who helps us to date the ministry of Jesus at three and a half years. If you just had Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you might, um, you might put the ministry of Jesus at a year or 13 or 14 months, but because John indicates the various feasts that they're attending or that they're not attending, uh, it, it lets us know that it kind of put it in place. John is the one who gives us all of the early Judean ministry of Jesus. So the first cleansing of the temple, the wedding at Cana, his uh, traveling around down south more. Cana's up north, but all this comes from John as well. So I, th- I think that um, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Paul in 1 Corinthians, that's probably where the words of institution were first written down. Those were so well established that uh, that John was coming in as a supplement to that, and that the the washing of the disciples' feet and the prayer for the disciples and the last discourse comes in to, to supplement what Jesus was giving on that last day. So again, Paul, we, I don't think we can have a definitive answer, but those are some thoughts as to what's going on. And uh, good reading uh, it's it's great to be noticing these things and to and to also notice. So it's one of these kind of step two. So step one, we want to pay attention to what's there, but then step two is we want to pay attention to what's not there. And the gospels are great for that because, for example, I was reading through the Passion from Matthew this morning, and it's really it's great to notice what Matthew doesn't include, like the the trip over to see Herod, for example, or um, the conversion of the second thief. I don't think that's included in Matthew. So, um, uh, so, so that's uh, so that's really uh, fascinating to me to notice what's not there, and then you, also to start noticing the words and of all the words that you might expect, which ones are there. So, uh, so great reading, Paul. Uh, keep it up. I hope that's a helpful and encouraging uh, answer for you uh, and for all you podcast theologians out there. Thanks, as always, for being part of the fun. Wolfmuller.co slash contact to add your own question to the queue. Uh, Let's see. I wrote a little article on devotional resources for Holy Week that will post up at the Lutheran Witness online site tomorrow, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. So keep your eye out uh, for that. Uh, Make sure you got plans to go to church this week. Uh, Check in with your church's calendar if you got service. We we only have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're taking it easy here this week. I thought maybe we'll try to add some for the week next year. But your church might have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, if not, it's good to read. Oh, it's really good to read the events that were happening as they unfold. We'll probably talk. You know what? I'm deciding right now. We'll do that this week for the Lent Up Early podcast. I will I'll outline uh, the events that occurred on the days that they happened. Uh, so that'll be nice. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I think that's all. I'm, as soon as I'm done recording here, I'm going to try to get to the Wednesday whatnot, Saturday whatnot. Uh, this week, probably. Uh, so if you're not signed up for that, wolfmuller, wolfmuller.co slash Wednesday, you'll find a way to subscribe there. So 
Uh, there you go. Uh, thanks. God's peace be with you.